The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, Pat Gray is here. No, no, not really. Uh, Jeff Fisher is here. Uh, welcome to the broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Television Network. If you'd like to participate today, 888-900-3393 is the phone number, and you can always uh, tweet at JeffyMRA or at Pat Unleashed with the uh, hashtag, put that in your pipe. Uh, busy Father's Day weekend. For those of you uh, here at the uh, Mercury Studios for the museum, um, wow, there was a tremendous crowd. I don't have I don't have the exact numbers. Pretty sure it was somewhere between... 80 and 100 million people. I could be off by 80 or 100 million people, but it was something like that. Uh, there was pl- all kinds of people. It was great to meet and uh, see all of you that were here and were able to participate. We had some we had some uh, great items. So if you have an opportunity to look at any of the Facebook posts uh, from uh, Glenn, I know that he uh, came down with the museum disease uh, last night and uh, wasn't here today, but he'll be here tomorrow. And I know that they're posting... Uh, some of the Facebook tours and stuff that he did uh, for others, uh, it, it's out there. Uh, you'll be able to see it, and I know I'm sure we'll put it up on uh, some of the Blaze sites as well if it isn't already. Uh, there was some tremendous items. My favorite item, um, well, I had a couple of favorite items, but now I have to say that my favorite item was the Jason Buttrill bullet in the the Bible with the bullet in it. Uh, was in our in our in the museum here uh, as part of it was along with. Uh, was part of the ISIS section, and a part of the uh, part of the bat, you know, the whole evil section. And uh, he got all mad last night. Did you guys even tell my Bible story? I and I was like, um, well, well, no. It's your Bible is like right next to the Hugo Boss SS uniform making uh, sewing machine. It still has thread in it, so. You know, I had talked a lot about the sewing machine that made the SS uniforms that were, you know, designed by Hugo Boss and still had the thread in it. And it was right, you know, that was there. And then, of course, there's a Bible with a bullet in it. Big deal. Um, and so he, uh, I saw, so we went through, uh, we went through one of the crowds and he was able to, David Barton was given a tour. So I made David let Jason tell his story about the Bible. It was actually fascinating uh, as one of the items here at the museum. On top of, you know, of course, the, you know, everyone loves the Darth Vader mask and the chest plate. And, uh, you know, the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. I think one of my favorite, outside of the uh, Jason's story on the Bible, was he went in uh, right after uh, they had run ISIS off um, in Iraq or Afghanistan or one of those Middle Eastern countries that we sent Jason to. he said that he uh, went in after they had run ISIS off and opened up the church doors, and the first thing he saw was this Bible up on the pulpit, and uh, you know, with this bullet hole through it. And the deal is, is that ISIS was using this church as their home. Uh, they were busy. You could see where they were working out. They had their weights. They had their beds. They were living there. And uh, and I wonder why ISIS would be living in a church. Why would ISIS be living in a church? Why would... Oh, I know, because they knew we wouldn't bomb them. We won't bomb a church. It looks too bad. Um, 
So when we ran them off, their last stand against Christianity is uh, the leader gets everybody out of the church as they're leaving, and he puts the Bible up on the pulpit and turns and puts a bullet hole through the Bible and then leaves. That's his last shout-out against Christianity. Such nice guys. Nice, nice, nice people. So when Jason opened up the doors of the church, uh, that's the first thing he saw. And uh, apparently, uh, after it went through all the proper channels, it ended up here. I mean, I don't think that Jason just would have stuck it in his pocket (coughs) and brought it home. But you never know. On top of the, and I love the, uh, for those of you that didn't get a chance, there was this giant, uh, well, two Hitler stories, two Hitler stories from the museum. One, there was a giant uh, Nazi flag that uh, had this uh, uh, battalion that ripped it down uh, from the United States, signed their names on it. And you can see where it, the names have been kind of blurred. Well, the guy that brought it home uh, from from Germany or wherever they ripped the, the flag down, uh, brought it home and had it in a drawer. And the wife looked at it and went, oh, that's dirty. It needs to be washed. And so she washed it. Now, I realize it's hard to holler at, a, at the wife for, you know, doing laundry. But you just, you know, you need to make that decision of, no, no, you shouldn't have washed it, baby. Uh, and next to that, was this giant 19-foot, I don't know how wide across, I don't know how big that picture is. That's a huge picture of Adolf Hitler. And uh, in talking to the Mercury One uh, employee who was in charge of getting these giant posters made, they sent it out to the company. They made a deal with this giant poster company. And uh, then he got a call saying, uh, yeah, um, we were looking at the pictures you want us to print out this 19 feet by 10 feet poster, and uh, this one kind of looks like Adolf Hitler. Well, that's that's because because it is. Yeah, we're a little nervous about printing up a giant face of Hitler, a 19 by 10 feet poster. Well, it's for a uh, it's for a museum, and it's all we're treating it good. It's not like we're we're honoring him. We're just showing what an evil person. Yeah, we don't want to be involved in that. It's okay. So they had to go find another printing company. And they finally did find a printing company that uh, came here, brought it here with them after they printed it, just to make sure and see what it was going to be a part of, because they, they, they too had that, yeah, we don't really want to be associated with printing a 19-foot 10 by 10 Hitler face, but it was all for uh, the museum. And thanks again to the uh, Lincoln uh, Museum in St. Louis. They brought us you know great things. The Gettysburg Address gets light three days a year, and they gave it to us those three days. Um, tremendous of them. Uh, if you, anyway, it was it was really a fun time, and thank you all for coming. If the, if you came, and if you didn't come, I mean, why? What, what else? What else were you doing? Home, please. So anyway, thank you very much, and, and look for it if you if you weren't able to come and enjoy it uh, in person. Catch the catch the videos. It's not you know, it's close. I know my uh, my youngest son is uh, working at a camp all summer and he wasn't able to come. And he, my wife was going around giving him the phone tour, you know. And it's not the same thing. It, it is, and you can see them, and you can see the items, and you get the feel for them. But it's so some of the items are so overwhelming to see in person live where you can reach out and touch it or 
you know, when nobody's looking, you can reach out and touch it. You're not supposed to touch it when people are looking. <laughs> uh, be just silly. Uh, silly. Anyway, uh, thank you all for coming very much. It was, it was a lot of fun. So these uh, next couple of weeks, Pat is on his uh, big uh, uh, tour of uh, the uh, the globe. Uh, and I, I, I hope, I have no idea how I want his cruise ship, at least one of them, because I think they get off one and then they get back on one. I want one of them to be the party cruise ship. So bad. A, what a tremendous story it'll be for him when he comes back from vacation to have the party cruise ship. B, I just want it to happen. (laughs) I just want him to have the party cruise ship experience. Experience. I doubt it's going to happen, but he'll, you know, I can, you know, look, a guy can hope, right? Um, So he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, The next couple of weeks, you've got uh, myself and uh, myself and Sarah Gonzalez and Stu and Jason and Sarah and uh, uh, myself. And, you know, we're giving you a plethora of fill-in hosts as we rotate the next couple of weeks while Pat's out. And uh, Keith is out. Thank God. He had uh, surgery, I think, today. And so you can say a prayer for him. Make sure he's got his elbow uh got his elbow worked on today i'll let you play on that yourself why would keith have elbow problems but he'll blame it on some sports activity right um and so uh, you'll get you have that uh, you have that going for you and uh i was really disappointed while we had the museum going on uh you know the big uh, the big show the incredibles 2 was the show to go see at the theaters this weekend uh it box office hit uh, I got the paperwork. I mean, they went through, we'll we'll go through uh, the numbers a little bit from uh, from Incredibles two, and we've got the next weekend Jurassic Park. So I mean, I've got a busy movie weekend coming up, man. I, there's no way I can go without seeing those. Have to. Um, and I know that I know that Incredibles was uh, uh, having a big deal over people uh, worried that they didn't have their uh, disclaimer posting. Because of the blinking lights and the moving stuff in the theaters, they wanted people to, you know, if you could go into seizures, this show could hurt you. I'm guessing that if you have the possibility of going into seizures and it's something that happens with flashing lights, uh, you know it. You probably know, you know, that movie looked like it was really flashy and probably shouldn't go. Or you get in and go, woof. But uh, we'll get into that as well. And then we have, uh, we've got to get into some Chris Hardwick. I've got uh, Jason Buttrell stopping in to talk a little bit about the uh, IG report. Uh, because I can't find myself, how do I put this, caring. Uh, I want to. I want to desperately. So I want him to convince me why I should care. Because there's nothing I can't. I, I I promise I have not read all 568 pages of the IG report. All right, I know that uh, one site, 538, uh, posted uh, everything you need to know in eight pages or something, and so I think that might be where I'm going. Uh, but I can't I can't take it. I, I, there's nothing. There's no. There's no smoking gun. There's no smoking pipe. There's no anything. What's the big deal? We had a couple of uh, text messages that we hadn't seen before between an FBI guy and his girlfriend who he's trying to get hooking up with her in room 202 
saying, yeah, don't worry about it. We're not going to let Trump be president. Meet you in the room. That's all he cares about. He's just trying to make her feel good. We all have texts. Let me rephrase that. Many of us have texts that uh, read or put in print 10 years from now and not knowing the context is will not look good at all. If I text, if I'm watching Walking Dead, uh, if I'm walking, if I'm watching uh, a Fear of the Walking Dead, and during that entire time, uh, I'm I'm texting uh, Jason Buttrell and Brad Staggs, and my son is in the room because we're all we all do the podcast together. So we're we're live tweeting and live texting back and forth. Ten years from now, if that were to be printed out, where it says, "I can't wait till they kill her." I can't believe they're letting her live. I just want someone to kill her. I can't. If they let her live, I'm going to get drunk and go swerve into a pole, run into a crowd. What is things similar to that? Ten years from now, with no context in print in a story, Glenn Beck employees wanted to run down a crowd of people. No, no, no. That it wouldn't have happened. It was a joke. So I, I, I can't bring myself to care about the IG report. And I hope he can hope he can change my mind. And then we've got uh, the Chris Hardwick story that we've got to delve into. We've got, we've got to do a little, uh, uh, since I'm filling in, we're doing, we're have, we'll have a little Talking Walking Dead segment. Uh, but Jeff, Chris Hardwick isn't part of the Dead show. He's close enough. He's close enough. And the story is too good. Too good. And then I've got a story that I have to do about this lady who was and is the White House stenographer. Okay? Uh, Beck Dory Stein. She uh, was the stenographer for President Obama and is still, according to this story, uh, the stenographer for Donald Trump. And uh, it is... An amazing love story. I don't think that a stenographer could bend things and tell actual lies or whatever, but they could maybe, I don't know, not put something in. Right? So, I mean, her love for Barack Obama, and at the time, President Obama, uh, is overwhelming unbelievable and she talks about the uh, the press party flights and the press parties in the hotels and the Xanax and the Ambien and the bizarre hookups of colleagues on the plane and uh, fascinating fascinating story and let's give you a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on uh, and the press plane and the back of uh, of uh, Air Force One at the White House, at the big uh, when they travel overseas, you know when they when they travel overseas and uh, they take a separate plane and they charter a separate flight because they have to get there early. Of course, they couldn't travel with the president. Got to get there early and set up. And uh, it's uh, it, this Beck Dory Stein talks about um, how she ended up after two interviews. She was offered the job in Barack Obama's White House in 2012. Her assignment with Mike in hand was to record everything the president said, type it up, 
and released the transcript to the press office and presidential archive. I got to tell you, if that doesn't sound like a fun job, is following Barack around with a microphone. Be with the president is like summer camp on steroids. A week on the road is like a year at home. Ugh. She writes in her new memoir, oh, we're hawking the book, From the Corner of the Oval, published by Spiegel and Growl. Ooh, on July 10th, we should try to talk to her. Beck Dory Stein, we should try to talk to her, get her a little bit of uh, Obama, Obama's, uh, I love Barack. Because if she's in the White House now, we, we could talk to her about Trump, too. We need to try to do that. New book in July. Obama coped with stress and grief over 60 foreign trips, cracked his Nicorette gum to keep from smoking, and on one occasion told stories about he met how he met Michelle and how she tried to pass him off for one of her friends. <laughs> Around the world, she watched a crew of smokers douse themselves in Perel, up past their wrists after grabbing a smoke so there was no lingering smell of cigarettes for Obama, who had quit the habit. <laughs> you smell like a cigarette. Get out. My job in the spring of 2011 was to help those hormonally charged stress balls chill the F out. <laughs> to the casting, it looked like the human Ken dolls and short-sleeved button-down shirts. But, of course, she broke protocol. Oh, no. Beck broke protocol of the job when she got involved in a hot and heavy secret sexual relationship with one of the senior staffers. Oh, oh no. <clears throat> she, uh, she fell in love. She fell in love. And she goes on to tell us that she fell in love. The guy, she says in this story, looked like Jim Carrey. Ooh, uh, maybe a little taste issue there. Now, she uh, she said traveling staff was almost all women uh, in 2012. That wasn't that way in the beginning. So when they started making it uh, in 2009, they, yeah, there were very few female senior staffers. So uh, the females decided to give themselves a, a, their own little nickname, the Vaginates. So if we were to call them, hey, there's the female vagiants, we'd be dead. Dead. How dare you call us that? But when they call themselves that, oh, that's just our funny little nickname. <laughs> we like to call ourselves the vagiants. <laughs> you know. Neither POTUS nor senior White House staff traveled on the, pres- on, the, on the chartered private plane, dubbed Party Plane. That's what you want to be on. She'd listen to old-time boozy party animals tell their stories about different administrations, presidents, international incidents they've witnessed, from George H.W. puking on the prime minister of Japan, Reagan in Rome falling asleep in front of the Pope, Monica Lewinsky, 9-11, Katrina. These guys have seen it all. These are all the reporters she's hanging out with, partying, and uh, deciding. I love her story about uh, when they went to Miramar. They were supposed to see all these bad things. No. Nope. They told them, be on the lookout. You're going you're gonna to see something bad. No, no. Do you think they're going to let the president of the United States drive down a street and see the, hor- the horrors of Miramar? Ha! <laughs> uh, no. No, they will not. 
they will uh, you'll 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 be detoured. You'll be de- de- detoured around the way. She describes experiencing the best sleepover party ever, where everyone took their drug of choice on long flights. Sonata, Xanax, Ambien, which made awkward intimacy with colleagues funny and bizarre. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Now, this is going on, right? And she's still following Obama around with her microphone in hand, typing up everything he says. And uh, talks about uh, how what a great... Uh, the crew traveled with him for the first family Christmas vacation in Hawaii for Martha's Vineyard. Oh, this this is cute. This is you think she doesn't? She's not all for Barack. Obama left the vineyard to deal with ISIS on the rise in the Middle East. Putin revving his power in Eastern Europe and the outbreak of Ebola in Africa. Before returning to the vineyard, when the news broke that ISIS had beheaded photojournalist Jim Foley, he made his televised statement the following morning after allowing the family to grieve. Oh, is that why? No one in the room can deny the power and the sincerity of the president's address. But even more remarkable than the president's palpable anger, the sound that follows his words, unprecedented silence. Oh my gosh. The press were allowed no questions. And then the president goes golfing. (laughs) So that's okay, though, for the president to go golfing. Want to know why? Hey. That's because that's how he gets his exercise and how he copes with stress and grief, okay? Golf doesn't provide the president an escape. It allows him the only breathing room he's afforded. Oh, oh, is that it? And then she goes on to talk about uh, more a little bit of love of Barack Obama and then also talks about working in the Trump administration now uh, what she describes as the clown posse and that the parking lot which uh, is now filled with Porsches and Maseratis instead of Priuses and Chevys. I hate capitalism. Hate it. This is Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, 888-900-3393 is the phone number. And uh, if you want to participate, or you can tweet uh, at Jeffy MRA or at Pat Unleashed. Uh, hashtag it. Uh, put that in your pipe. You know, you don't have to do that if you want. Let's get to uh, some movie news. We talked a little bit about uh, The Incredibles, and I'll give you the numbers on that. But remember, I know everyone was going crazy this weekend. Wonder Woman sequel, first look reveals Chris Pratt's return. And they were all showing... Uh, or Chris Pine, right? It's, it's uh, Chris Pine's return, not Pratt. Chris Pratt is uh, <clears throat> Jurassic Park. And uh, they showed the first coming pictures of uh, Wonder Woman 2, the sequel. <sighs> so you've got that going for you. Uh, you've got uh, ABC's uh, Roseanne spinoff uh, wants, to, uh, wants to air, and they want to try to do it. But uh, funny, they need, uh, they need to have uh, Roseanne uh, uh, say it's okay. They need to have her sign off. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. No problem, okay? Those of you that were big Lucifer fans, 
uh, on uh, network television uh, when that show got canceled. Uh, I said, first off, when they canceled it, uh, boy, Netflix ought to pick that up. And then I realized that, and I said, no, but Hulu has is, is got to deal with Lucifer because I was talking, my wife's a big fan of the show. And I, I enjoyed the first season after that. Yeah. But uh, I get it. It's funny. And uh, it's, you know, he's on vacation. He's the devil. His dad's God. It's funny. And, uh, but Netflix is picking it up. They worked out a deal between Hulu and, uh, and the network. And uh, so Netflix will be uh, going with season four on Lucifer and I think Netflix will be able to take it in places where the network wouldn't dare. So it should be a lot better. And uh, we have so much more to get to. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Jeff Fisher in for Pat Gray uh, on uh, the broadcast of Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Television Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. If you'd like for information, you can tweet us at JeffyMRA, at Pat Unleashed. And if you want to reference something on today's broadcast, you can hashtag put that in your pipe. All right, so we're gonna have we're gonna discuss a little bit of the Inspector General's report because I really do I want to know why I should care. Uh, it hasn't made me it hasn't changed a thing. It's you know six hundred pages. Okay, so it's under five hundred pages, and yet there's nothing there. It's it's a it's the ghost town. It talks about uh, is we we don't have any proof. Oh, uh, okay, but then it spends all the time saying, but if we could prove it, this is what would be true. Well, I I can't take it. I can't. Uh, We got all kinds of entertainment news. I was going this weekend, I looked, and I I, I couldn't believe this happened last week, but Elvis Presley's longtime drummer, the DJ Fontana, he was in all the shows, all the original original tours with Elvis, and when Elvis made his big comeback – with the blues and the rockabilly stuff. Uh, DJ was all part of that. Uh, he just died last week, too. So rest in peace. The, the, Elvis, uh, the Elvis crowd is, uh, well, they're, they're gone. They're gone now. Many of you say, so? It's Elvis Presley. No one cares. <laughs> uh, the King? Okay. Uh, Incredibles 2 crushes animation box office. I can't wait to see it. I'm telling you. I know, I know it's, uh, if you've seen it, uh, I'd like to hear maybe what you thought. You can't spoil it for me. You just can't. I don't care. I don't. I don't live that way. I want to know about the movie. I'm still going to see the movie. I don't care about spoilers. I just don't. Uh, it doesn't. I, I want you to talk about that. Uh, an estimated 180 million at domestic. Uh, wow. I mean, that's amazing. Um, it's a. It's brought in 231.5 million globally already. Wow. Boy, it's good they waited so long for the sequel, huh? <laughs> My gosh, they, they could have had, we could be celebrating uh, Incredibles 8 as long as it took them to make this. Well, 
But uh, good luck, and I will be seeing it uh, next weekend. And hopefully, uh, look, I know that the theaters are warning movergoers uh, could cause migraines and seizures. Scenes with flashing lights could cause rare side effects. If you were one of the many people who watched the new Incredibles 2 movie theater of the weekend, you may have seen a warning that theaters posted about a flashing light sequence in the film. Why didn't they movie do it? I don't know. Maybe because they thought, I don't know, people should take care of themselves. If flashing lights uh, throw you into seizure, you probably know it. Um, I can't wait to see the scene. I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, I don't want anybody to go into a seizure. That would be wrong to hope that somebody were to actually go into a, you know, the movie would make someone have a seizure while I was in there. That would be completely wrong. And that would just be wrong to have that happen. I do not want that to happen. And, uh, you know, speaking of Pixar, the uh, the Netflix banning of uh, employees from looking at each other for more than five seconds. It's kind of, this is kind of a fallback from uh, Disney and Pixar, the uh, John Lasseter rule, right? That was his deal why everybody thought he was so creepy because he would hug everybody an extra amount of time when he saw him. The people that worked there said it was always, hey, just, you know, if you have to go to a meeting with John, you know, go around the backside, steer clear if you don't want him to hug you or whatever. So he's just a little creepy. And he's and he's out. He's done. When I say this guy made this company billions of dollars. And because he hugged people too long, he can't even work there anymore. Amazing. But you can't even, uh, you can't even look at people uh, at Netflix for uh, longer than five seconds. You just can't. It's, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Senior staff went to a harassment meeting to learn that it is, they learned what is and isn't appropriate. Now, we've all been to those classes, haven't we? Uh, I know I have. I was forced to go to them uh, because, uh, well, I know you, you can write your own jokes with that. But uh, on a seri- seriously, we were forced to do that in radio because someone showed their nipple on television. We had to do training on radio because someone showed their nipple on television. I never understood that. I never understood that. The Janet Jackson Super Bowl mishap caused radio to pay. I don't know how that happened. I I still have not had that explained to me, how that happened. But it happened. Clear Channel and every other radio network in this country went through this giant phase because someone did something on television. It's amazing to me. So, here you go. Looking at anyone longer than five seconds is considered creepy. Well, it always has been, but so? Get over it. Move on. Look away. If I want to stare at... <laughs> if I want to stare at something longer than five seconds, I should be able to. I mean, I know it's creepy. The world knows it's creepy. You just tell them, stop looking at me or whatever. I mean, you- nobody can be responsible for themselves. You mustn't ask for someone's number unless they have given permission for it to be distributed. What? Excuse me, I'd like to take your number and call you out for a date, but have you given permission for your number to be distributed? Um, 
No, and leave me alone. Other new rules include don't give lingering hugs or touch anyone for a lengthy period of time. Yeah, that's the John Lasseter rule. Don't ask out a colleague more than once if they have said no. Oh, so there's no more hard to get. There is zero tolerance on hard to get, man. Uh, There's no, I don't want to hear, oh, if he'd only asked me out again, I probably would have said yes because I kind of think he's cute. No. Answer right away. If you kind of think he's cute, you have to say yes now. Or no, get away from me. I never want to see your face again. And uh, steer clear of a colleague uh, once they have said they are not interested in you. Don't flirt. Rules also encourage employees. This is my favorite. This could have happened already. I don't know why they had to put it in the rules. To encourage employees, if a colleague is doing something that's inappropriate or something that you think is inappropriate, stop. Don't do it again. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to hear that here. I mean, in fact, I've already heard it here, but that's another story. Uh, the uh, I, that, That's so good. So, listen, I was, uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, the new Netflix schedule and some ideas that I have for the new. Hold on a second. Stop! Don't do that again! He keeps looking at me. I'm so sick of him looking at me. I can't take it. Uh, it has sparked uh, people, of course, that Netflix are joking, and Netflix has not commented on this. But uh, look, everyone wants a respectful and working environment, right? Of course they do. Of course. Of course they do. And the five-second rule. I mean, come on. Isn't that for food? Not for looking. right? The five-second rule is for food. It's the floor. That's it. So good for, I mean, it's absolutely agonizing. Stop! Don't do that again! What am I actually shouting from these dingleberries? I gotta find out the, the exact terminology because you want to get it right. I guess I guess you could just if, as long as you shout stop. But I'm I thought it was my understanding that as long as I yelled stop uh, at any time, uh, that meant stop. Uh, no means no. Stop means stop at any time. Why did I need Netflix to tell me that? Uh, I don't I don't understand. Stop! Don't do that again! I mean, that is amazing that we're having to tell people that now. And uh, so no matter what you do, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, okay, no matter what you do, if someone shouts, stop, don't do that again, whatever you did is now deemed inappropriate. Whether it was or not, whether it was or not, because they say here, if a colleague has been inappropriate, okay, so no matter what, no matter what anyone does, no matter who does what to whom, if I yell, stop, don't do that again, what you've done is inappropriate, period, period, and you should be taken out and flogged. Every one of you, taken out and completely flogged. It's agonizing. There's no proof. There's no body of any of it. 
It's all just here. It's all just what I say. It's all just the female said it, so it's true. It's all of it. Uh, it it's absolutely amazing to me. It, it, absolutely amazing. And we'll get into that a little bit more in the Chris Hardwick story coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, I mean, it is. Look, there are bad people out there. There are bad people everywhere. There are, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, and I know this may come as a surprise to you, and, and it, 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 I hate to break it to you, but I'm going to be the one to do it, okay? Guys aren't the only bad humans on earth, okay? There are some crazy females as well, okay? You hear me? Okay. Now, you can say no all you want, but every man in America... I'll rephrase that. Most men in America, maybe not every man, has been subject to out of the ordinary craziness from females. I'll leave it at that. I'm trying to word it nicely, other than just, you know, we used to, there was a, you know, other, there have been plenty of girls that have been given two names, say like, Joni Tony. Because some nights she's Joni, all nice and lovey. And the other nights she's Tony. Throwing things, yelling, screaming, hollering. So guys aren't the only bad people. So just because somebody says something doesn't make it so. We should count it as and look into it, but it doesn't make it so. And we have bypassed that quite a ways, I think. And I don't know if we're going to get it back. That whole uh, proven guilty thing. I mean, you're already guilty. When someone says something bad about you, you're already guilty. People already believe it. Doesn't matter. Does not matter one iota. And in fact, the Chris Hardwick story, she goes out of her way not to even name him. Yet the world the, the world is ending for him because everyone believes that it's him. Everyone knows that it's him. He knew it was him. He knew it was him. I mean, I, I would have found it funny if Chris said, no, she didn't name anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. When she names somebody, you come back and talk to me. That's not what happened, though, at all. So... Uh, There's just an unbelievable, fascinating story that uh, we'll get to. There's another story here about uh, an ex, uh, an ex girlfriend who ruined this kid's her boyfriend's dream, and now she's paying for it. I mean, which I find fascinating. I mean, she ruined this kid's career, her boyfriend, because she didn't want him to move away, and now. She's got to pay it back. She's been found. She's been found out, and she's got to pay him cash. I mean, good, good. What goes around comes around, right? Or what comes around goes around. Or sometimes you get what's coming to you. Or don't do that. Or karma that'll get you. Or book of Hoyle's Hoyle's rules. Book of Hoyle's. Um, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. 
Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher in for Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. So the story that uh, I teased a little bit about the uh, ex who uh, caused her boyfriend to really lose his the beginning of his dream anyway. Uh, she has to pay him more than two hundred thousand dollars now, and she's found out. Um, she's uh, the Ontario Superior Court of Justice says the actions she took amounted to despicable content. 200,000. Despicable conduct. said content. Despicable conduct. Uh, The loss of a scholarship, additional educational costs, lost income were all factors in the ruling total. Now, what happened? Well, interesting. This is going to be a made-for-TV show. Uh, During uh, September 2013, Lee and Abramovitz Began, what is it? A- Ab- Abramovitz. Abramovitz. Began the relationship when they were both students at McGill University. The winter, Abramovitz visited Coburn in Los Angeles to audition for a selective program where he hoped to finish his bachelor's degree. If accepted, he would be offered a scholarship that would cover tuition, room, board, and a living stipend. It would also allow him to study clarinet under Yehuda Gilad. And don't pretend like you don't know. Who Yehuda Gilad is. He's the world famous teacher. Okay. <laughs> wow. So he goes there and he, and he tries out and he's looking forward to getting an offer. He gets the offer. He's accepted through an email. Before he gets a chance to see the email, she sees it and says, Oh, if he takes this, he's going to move away from me. So she declines the offer replies to the email as him uh I'll be, i'm gonna be elsewhere uh you know i'm not I'm going to decline your offer and then she deletes the letter then she creates another account to impersonate the teacher and she sent an email to her boyfriend saying that uh the study at another school was with, with a much smaller scholarship Okay, which she knew he would not be able to afford and would stay where he belonged, where she thinks he belongs with her. Okay? Now, he believed it all, right? He still he stays in Montreal, he's still with her. It worked to all out for her. She believed it all. Now, he he's going to another thing where he's playing, you know, doing his little clarinet thing. <laughs> A little clarinet thing, and he sees Yuha Gilad, the teacher, and the teacher says, "Why did you reject me? You're great. I wanted you in my. I wanted to teach his class. I wanted to teach you." He is like, "Wait, what? Reject you? What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. I would have. I would have accepted. I never got." I got a rejection letter from you. Yeah, uh, no. 
it all starts to fall apart now where it goes down and they catch her in the trap. So now he is uh, he's absolutely uh, getting a better deal and he's going to school now and he's Gilead is teaching him and he's going to get, we'll see if he gets the money from her, right? Good luck, God bless from that. But uh, amazing that uh, she goes through all these hoops just to get him to stay because she doesn't want him to go and uh, and learn abroad in Los Angeles when she wants him in Montreal. And uh, so she goes through all that, and it worked for a while, too, until he crossed the path of the teacher again. Then depression sets in because she knows she's doomed, doomed after that. So there are, again, let me re- rephrase, let me rephrase this right. I don't want to phrase this correctly. So there are females who are less than sane. We'll just leave it at That's fine enough. You know, they might not be crazy. They may have their own issues. Less than crazy. Okay. Less than sane. Now, I grant you, there's plenty of there's there's plenty of guys out there that are whacked out of their mind. There's plenty of females that are whacked out of their mind, but that's what I mean by it can't you can't just accuse someone and have it be true. You just can't. We did a story last week about the girl that accused the football player of rape, and she did it. They lost their scholarships. They lost school. They lost everything. And she admits now that she just made it up because she didn't want to tell her boyfriend that she had sex with these football guys at this party. So what now? Because because of our, hey, if you're accused, you're guilty mentality, you're done. Done with the accusation. It's it's unbelievable. I, I, I don't know where, I mean... I don't know what's next, but when I can't stare at someone for more than five seconds, I mean, we're doomed, doomed. We really are doomed. I mean, there's no personal responsibility. There's none of that. None of that whatsoever. This is a Jeff Fisher in for a Pat Gray on a Pat Unleashed. We've got some uh, a great story. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Ted Cruz uh, Jimmy Kimmel basketball game, which I would argue, you know, calling it a basketball game is questionable. But uh, two guys, you know, playing basketball, shooting hoops. Uh, and we can, we'll go through some of the pictures and stuff there. They're pretty funny. But as just as a, a quick reminder that, you know, Ted Cruz won. If that tells you how good the game was. Jimmy Kimmel lost to Ted Cruz. Jimmy Kimmel lost to Ted Cruz. That should tell you something. That should tell you something. And, oh my gosh, we've got to do this expose on Beto. Speaking of Ted Cruz, we have got to do this. I mean, you want to talk about the Beto O'Rourke wave coming. Okay? Now, uh... They sent Charlie Gross on the road with Beto O'Rourke. 
the Democrat racing to unseat Ted Cruz. The underdog candidate let us tag along. I bet he did. I bet he did. He was nice of him, because what else has he got to do? And that's the whole point of having you tag along, you putts. But this 653-mile journey is going to bring you the Beto O'Rourke wave. And I've seen a one-yard sign and a bumper sticker, so the wave is... I mean, it's everywhere. 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 Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Jeff Fisher in for a Pat Gray today at uh, Pat Unleashed. You can tweet us uh, at JeffyMRA and, of course, uh, at Pat Unleashed with the uh, hashtag uh, put that in your pipe. Uh, you didn't sue the company to force them to print the Hitler pick, huh? This from uh, Just Too Muck and Fudge. No, uh, referring to the uh, giant Hitler face uh poster that was 19 feet by 10 feet or something like that um no we didn't as a matter of fact we was their choice (laughs) to decide whether they wanted to or not one company said no and the other company said hey uh we'll do it but we're not gonna burn we're we're coming with it until we see exactly what's point and then Uh, up it went what one company refused i didn't know that i didn't hear that part of it are you? I should I follow you on Twitter. Introduced you to this pro, this crowd yet? You were still so com- you were so compelling just then. I forgot speaking. where I was. Holy crap! Brad Staggs is here, and we're going to talk a little bit, uh, a little Walking Dead here, a little minute. And we're waiting on Jason Buttrell. I have no idea where he is. He hasn't replied, so we're going to send out. I'm telling you, we're going to send out an Amber Alert soon. Mm-hmm. All right, on Jason Buttrell or a Silver Alert or whatever the hell alert we have to send out for Jason. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, from uh, Snarky uh, McSnarkface, uh, I'm right there with you, Jeffy. You have no idea how badly I want Pat Unleashed cruise ship to be the party ship as well. Oh, I do so bad. I do. I want. I want him. In fact, I don't want him to stop his vacation early because that would be wrong. He deserves the vacation he gets. He should, you know, absolutely should take the full amount of time on the vacation. But I want him to be able to maybe cut the that part of the trip short because there was just too much partying. <laughs> 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 he was part of the cruise ship. Did you have you? And since you're here, Brad, mm-hmm. you know, you, mm-hmm. do you remember recall the story last week of the cruise ship partying that were filming a reality show and they were. They were doing. They were saying it was easier to buy drugs than it was to get food. Yeah, vaguely. Uh, I've, I've been so drunk the past week I can hardly remember anything. So there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And uh, by uh, XD Crusader, uh, Richard Dawson kissed every female contestant on Family Feud. Can you imagine that wouldn't go over today? No, that would not go over today. Nope. But if you remember correctly, uh, in the Richard Dawson days, and by the way, that's when I mean. I do like uh, what's his face is Steve Harvey's Family Feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with Steve Harvey's Family Feud. He's funny, mm-hmm. treats people great. 
Mm-hmm. The, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. And, but I like Steve Harvey. But he's no Richard Dawson. But he's no Richard Dawson. Right, no. And Richard Dawson was the band and put that show on, on top. And they and the women who came on the show were looking forward to the yes. Richard Dawson kiss. That was the whole point of it. As far as we know. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So maybe I mean, I'm was, sure there were a couple of them that were. I can't believe he's going to kiss me. He kisses, right. he kisses everybody. You've got to let him kiss you. All right, fine. Those yeah, you're right. I'm sure that probably happened. However, because Richard Dawson kissed everyone, the world didn't end. It's okay. You could win your 500 bucks and move on. There may be some traumatized people out there that oh, he, uh, quote, assaulted, unquote, yeah, on possible. television. You're right. You're possible. Right. It, it is possible. It is possible. So uh, I brought Brad in. I want to talk. Uh, Brad is part of uh, the Talking uh, Walking Dead podcast that uh, we mm-hmm. do here uh, on the Blaze Radio Network uh, whenever the season is uh, up and running. Season 9 uh, starts in October, and we also do a Talking Fear when uh, Fear the Walking Dead is on. And uh, Fear is in a mid-season uh, hiatus, and a Walking Dead is in a season hiatus, season 9 in October. And uh, we've had big news, though, a little bit outside of Walking Dead, but still connected uh, with Chris Hardwick, who is the host of uh, Talking Dead on AMC that uh, immediately follows follows Walking Dead uh, and immediately follows the show after Fear. Uh, If I was him, I would be uh, we've talked about this on the podcast, but this season of Fear, they wanted to promote uh, Badlands. Uh, right? Yeah. Badlands. Badlands yeah, they wanted yeah. To so they put Badlands on right after Fear, and then his show would come on after Badlands, talking about the show that aired an hour yeah. before, yeah. which is agonizing. Yeah. I would be. I would have been very angry if I was him. However, they had just worked out a deal where he was going to do a new show uh, during off-season uh, called Talking with Chris Hardwick. And he was, it was going to be an interview show, that kind of thing. And uh, they canceled it. I, let me, no, they postponed it. Suspended, technically. You know, they, they postponed it. They just we know what, we're not going to air it this weekend. Right. We're going to take a look. We're going to step back. We're going to take a look. So he wasn't. He has ties have not been severed with AMC over the uh, over the post on Medium from his ex girlfriend uh, Chloe Dykstra. Rose colored glasses, a confession. Which, by the way, if you just type into Google Chris, the first thing you don't even have to type in an H. Chris Hardwick comes up. You oh, want, yes. You don't want to be trending like that. No, you do not. No. Uh, no, you do not. Now, uh, the podcast that uh, he started and became famous uh, for and became known for was at Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I, I've listened to several interviews of him, and he was great at Nerdist. And, and I, then he sold it a couple years ago and got out of that and made a new, made a new, a new company and started wheeling and dealing with AMC and other companies. But at Nerdist still had on their page, uh, you know, hey, this is Chris Hardwick's founder. He's the beginning. He was the start. And now this is where we're at now. Well, as soon as uh, the medium post gets posted and people realize that even though she didn't name anyone in the post, it belongs. She's really talking about Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Um, they say we're scrubbing all mentions of Chris. We just don't want to be associated with Chris or something like this. Well, remember, so, in this country, you, you are guilty until proven innocent. That is a fact. Yeah. We are there now. Yes. We are 100% it's, there now. It is 
absolutely amazing to me how something like that. Uh, look, is he a bad guy? I don't know. Is he is he a bad? Uh, you know, maybe. He doesn't have that look in his eyes, though. He doesn't have that. I mean, generally, there's the crazy eyes thing going on. You get a little hint of it. But does she? Honestly, I didn't really see the crazy eyes in her either. So I don't know. And that's the trouble. Perhaps you've lost your crazy eyes. I may have. So many people probably have it now that it doesn't stand out. Uh, Which is very possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Chris, the family, there are plenty of people speaking out uh, for and against him. Uh, I love, uh, like, he's married to uh, uh, Lydia Hurst. Yes, of that Hurst family. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> mother in law, Patty Hurst. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chris Hardwick's mother in law is Patty I Hurst. I didn't know that either until this story. Uh, Lydia Hurst, wow. his wife, I knew was a Hurst. Wow. Right? But I didn't know who her, who her mom was. According to this story, it's Patty. There you go. There's some crazy ass. I right know. There. But that's the wife. Uh-huh. Okay? Wow. So the wife's mom, Patricia, she tweets, beware the person who stabs you and then tells the world they're the one who's bleeding. Viva SLA. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Wow. So I And I love what AMC said. That they said they've suspended his show while they assess the accusations right. against him. So, so the- now they're the court? They're assessing the accusations? Absolutely, absolutely are the court. That's the golden rule. He with the gold makes the rules, I guess. They absolutely are the court. Because that's what they did with, uh, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, from. Uh, yeah, come on, Grandpa. Premier, you, can do it. you can do it, Grandpa. Uh, Seacrest. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. You he, call me that again, you're off the show immediately. <laughs> I swear to God. Really, I can go they home They will now? shut your mic off and you'll be gone. That's just this button right here. I can do it myself. Um, but that's what they did with Seacrest, right? They mm-hmm. they took the claims and they investigated, and not AMC, but uh, whatever e. network it was. Yeah, E. Yeah. And then and they said, look, there's nothing of it. When I stay, I guess this protects AMC from. I don't know what it protects them from. I mean, come on, anybody can come out and make allegations against anybody that doesn't make yes. them true. It doesn't make them false. Why does it have to put someone's career? In limbo. So the girl, the ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, uh, Robert Kaczynski, the actor, uh, weighs in on, uh, as he tweeted, at Hardwick has chosen to deny Chloe's account. I'll take the opportunity to say I have seen the proof myself. I have seen the evidence firsthand. I've seen the people who have come forward to tell at Skydart how Chris ordered her blacklisted. There isn't just one. There are many. So... She had claimed that uh, after it was over that Chris had blacklisted her. Well, um, I would like to go back to her medium post for just a second and report on, okay, so she was blacklisted mm-hmm. by other companies from Chris. But in that medium post, she talks about taking jobs at Nerdist on air mm-hmm. that she didn't even want because Chris forced her to. So now, which mm-hmm. is it? You want the job or you don't want the job? I'm confused. Yeah, the whole thing is a mess. And obviously, if the allegations are true, if what she says happened, if it was him, 
you know, it's a bad, some of the things, though, I mean, what, 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 what okay. criminal? Okay, right. so he's a bad guy, right? It was a bad relationship, which is what Chris right. said. Yeah, Chris even said in his statement, "It's yeah. a bad guy. It's a bad relationship." Yeah. Uh, she cheated on me. Right. I wanted someone who would be faithful to me, right. and then he moved on and found Patty Hearst's daughter. <laughs> it's a Check weird story. She she didn't say he hit her. Nope. And so it's just all the psychological, yes. the bit where she was sick and he said, you know, my, my last relationship uh, ended because of uh, uh, lack of sex. Yes, and she even, she even says in the, uh, in the one post uh, that, uh, yes, I know he forced me. Uh, uh, she accused him of pressuring her into sex against her will, though she wrote, to be fair, I did go along with it for fear of losing him. Uh, wow. Okay. There's the others. So, so uh, much wrong he, with that. So that because that's controlling behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Controlling behavior. And look, and psychological abuse exists. It is out there. I know it. I've seen it firsthand. Witnessed it. Lived it. So I am not trying to make light of her accusations, if in fact they are true. But again. We've come to the point in, in this in this world where everybody's guilty until they are proven innocent. It is amazing. That's not where we're supposed to be. No, of, of course not. And it's uh, will he? He'll probably survive this. It'll blow over in a couple of weeks. Next big news cycle comes along, and somebody else, bigger dirt bag, will step up. I mean, we hadn't had one in a while. That's true. Chris is a as far he as he just doesn't look like. I mean, he looks like a big goober. He just, you know, he doesn't seem like a dirtbag. And, and that might be, you know, that's the perfect that's disguise. The way, that's right. Perfect, perfect disguise. disguise. So before we uh, move on from Talking Dead Chad, and I've ta- I know I've beaten Chris Hardwick to death. It just, it drives me insane. I can't take it. I like Chris. First of all, I don't know him. Um, I, I don't know him at all. Um, but uh, I would... Uh, you know, look, I'm sorry that he's going to lose his job, but if AMC, if you need someone to fill the fill the chair, I'm available. And I'm acting as Jeffy's manager, so just give me a call. And I'll I'm available. I'll be happy to. Deal worked out. I mean, look, I know how difficult it is mm-hmm. to lose a host. And you never want to be the guy that replaces the guy Mm-mm. unless you're me. No. And then I want to be the guy that replaces the guy. Okay. <laughs> 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 so, right. So AMC, I'm here for you. All right. Just let me know. Just direct message me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We both follow each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and, and Brad, of course, uh, is part of uh, our podcast, uh, Talking Walking Dead and uh, Talking Fear, uh, here on the Blaze Radio Network. And he comes in today with his uh, with his new doll. Well, I went to Toys R Us yesterday. You know, Toys R Us soon to be gone from this world yeah, forever. Long. So I thought, you know, I'll just go in and see they what they got. The first round of sales weren't that good uh they're up to like 70 percent off uh and there was a little like a one of those little wooden ponies that i was it was 120 bucks still i'm like no I don't, that's I don't a little steep yeah it's amazon See, you can get wife, the same thing and amazon will deliver it for half that which is why they're going out of business exactly. right exactly that's i know amber went into uh into one of the toys r us not far from the house when it first when they first went down and she was right. like yeah um 10 off too much no. is still too much yeah and that's the problem but I, I turned. I was walking through the aisles, and this doll. Go through the walking, in my Go hand, through the dead section. There, and th- this was sitting on a shelf by its lonesome. I cannot believe no one bought the Madison Clark Look doll. At that. 
from Fear the Walking Dead. That's collectors right now, baby. And she's dead. I know. She just died. She is dead. This was $5.19 on sale. That's still too steep for Madison. I almost didn't do it, but I then know. I thought, you know, this is uh, this is a piece of history right there. And, of course, it I comes. I hope you didn't have to break a 10. Uh, no, actually, I had okay. a 5 and a 1. That's it good. worked yeah. out quite well. Yeah, yeah. She comes with her own fire extinguisher, which I'm still not always, really sure you why. You never see her any, go anywhere right. without her fire extinguisher. And a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> uh, so I don't know where they got that idea, but. Um, so good. Yeah. Isn't it's it nice? So good. So, so anyway, one of the things about Madison was she was one of the original uh, stars of Fear, The mm-hmm. Walking Dead. And if you listen to the podcast of uh, mm-hmm. Fear, The Walking Dead, you know that we were not fans. Uh, we were not fans of her. We were not fans of uh, her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tried to help AMC out with redirecting the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to think of it, uh, now uh, we are in season four. And uh, they have uh, done exactly what we told them to do in season two. If they just had listened to us a little sooner, it would have made a lot more money. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Madison Dow's, they wouldn't have had to make. And Kim Dickens, wonderful actress, but just. I know the, everybody the, always could. I love Kim Dickens. She's Kim great. Dickens, she, she plays a she plays great, great, great hooker. She does play a great hooker. Well, this, uh, and that, this wasn't the part. No. In no. Talking Fear. No. Or in Fear, just, Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, she was just. The whole thing was miscast. But you know, Fear the Walking Dead is probably, it's almost as good as The Walking Dead, as they say. Yeah, is it? Uh, no. Is it? Yeah, no, 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 no it's no. not. All right, so um, I appreciate you stopping by. And Gosh. Thanks for the Madison doll. Oh, man. Was that for me? or I, I thought it would go into the Walking Dead collection that you have. I mean, I don't want that piece of crap in my house. I mean, yes, it's for you. I brought it in exactly okay, for you, thank you to put I mean, it into I mean, the. We've got the, the dead collection. The, I exactly, have. which is yes, that's that's what it was intended. We can for. put it up whenever we do a vidcast. I'm selfless. I am selfless that way. I find things, I bring them back to you. There's not a chance that's, he paid five dollars and nineteen cents for this, and he's giving it to me. There's not a. No, you, you know what he paid for this? Two bucks. <laughs> Two bucks tops. <laughs> if I'm getting it. Anything over five, he was it kept it. Oh, no, you're worth much more. This is uh, Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here you on know, the Blaze Radio Network. I, I used to, I used to really like Kathy Griffin, and I know I'm in a minority, but I always thought she was kind of funny, and uh, she made me laugh. There were times she made me laugh, and it was just, it was just stupid stuff. But I, you know, she was, she's being a comedian, and she, you know, it made me laugh. But she is in a place right now that is really strange. I listened to her video on being blacklisted. And I don't, I don't have it for you to see, and I should have because it's, it's worth a watch. If you get an opportunity to see her complaining about not having any work and being a blacklist and not, you know, doing a show and just wanting to perform, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it makes you feel like, oh, she should, she should be able to get work, and she doesn't want to go back to doing, you know, ten minutes of stand up in the clubs because she did that for years, and and I, I understand, I get it, I get it, I understand it. But she's in this this weird place. So the Chris Hardwick thing, you know, I talked about, uh, you know, hey, if AMC needs somebody to replace him, uh, you know, I'm here. Call me. 
Well, Kathy Griffin has said that as well. And she said, hey, I'm available, AMC. I, I need a job. I need a gig. If you're looking to place good hard walk, uh, uh, me, 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 me. Okay, well, that was uh, that was Friday. And so uh, Sunday, um, she uh, lashes out uh, at Melania Trump. Uh, after Melania released her, you know, bipartisan effort on Capitol Hill to end the enforcement of zero tolerance, you know, the the border, uh, she she replied, "F you, Melania. You damn well know your husband can end this immediately. You feckless, complicit piece of. I mean, I get. Tell you, here's an idea for you, Kathy. If you're looking." Uh, for a gig with AMC. You can not like Trump, but you can't be calling the first lady a feckless piece of and telling her to F off. I'm guessing, this is just a guess on my part, AMC's probably not going to hire you. I could be wrong, but they're probably not going to fire you. And I know that Kathy's kind of, you know, she's a good person. I watched her. You ever watch the, what's the name of the stupid show where the they get wedding dresses? <laughs> you know the the E the E show where they uh, where they they bring the girls in and they they pick out wedding dresses, and the guy uh, oh, ah the guy is they do picks out wedding dresses. So anyway, and stars come in, and they have and and some regular people and the families, and they pick out the dresses, and it's a it's a you know reality show. Um, well, Kathy Griffin's assistant was one of those getting married at the motor shop, and they brought Kathy in as as a you know a guest of hers, and she got to pick out the help pick out the dress, and she paid for it all. She was real nice to her assistant. She paid for it all. Wanted her assistant to have all this fun. I'm guessing without any work, she doesn't even have the assistant anymore. So, you know, your choices, you know, are causing other people loss of work as well. But uh, I always kind of liked her. But if she's, she's this, the whole Trump thing, you know, it's all started, Kathy. You were always, you know, you were always a little off kilter. And we laughed, ha, 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 you're going to make Anderson Cooper blush when you tell him you want to, you want to touch him on New Year's Eve. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, why does he do that? Why does CNN do that on New Year's Eve every year? But we watch anyway, even though we can't figure out why we watch, because it's, it's it's Kathy and Anderson Cooper. Anderson never says anything bad about her. I mean, Anderson likes her. He was always he was always you know talking about yeah they've got her hooked up. They do it every year. They got it. That's part of my deal. But he never said anything bad about her. And then uh, it went from that to when she held up the. The Trump's head, uh, severed Trump's head, which, by the way, um, our comment with that, I got to remember the comment. There was something weird about that. But anyway, she caught fire for that. And instead of, instead of saying, man, what a bad choice it was, and you're right, from the beginning, I believe that, you know, she doubled down. And that was the mistake. And now it's cost her. And she wants us to, you know, feel extra sorry for her now. I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, I I get it. I don't think that people should not let you work. 
You should be able to have work. You should be able to perform. But the point of performing is people coming to your shows. And if people aren't coming to your shows, then there's no point in a place hiring you to do a show because no one will come. It's a lost revenue evening. I could have someone here that would bring in some people and I could sell some popcorn and some booze and they would laugh and leave happy. Instead, I've got two or three people here. That's it. So, good luck, Kathy. That's all I'm saying. Good luck. I hope you hope you can make it all right. Uh, we also have. Uh, I mean, I've got a couple of a uh, couple of videos here that we have to get to that are just uh, amazing. It, 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 these bicyclists in Toronto. And you know what kind of? I mean, I'm a huge fan of bicyclists. I love. Oh man, do I love bicyclists? I mean, you can't you can't drag me away from bicyclists and. And now they're, 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 well, they, they did something tremendous in Toronto. It's for the cause. And uh, I want to be right behind them 100% of the way. <laughs> no idea how I want to be behind them 100% of the way. Oh, man. Man. Because you know why? Because I love bicyclists. Okay? Love them. I love them when they take up all lanes of every road just keep cars behind them Love Pat Gray only on the Blaze Radio Network Ray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It's Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. You can tweet us at JeffyMRA at Pat Unleashed. Uh, we got a, a tweet from Keith. Uh, well, at Hangry Keith. Uh, heading into the hospital now and he wanted to make everyone know that uh, in case this is my last tweet ever and oh no say that isn't so honey uh, i want to leave y'all with a profound take so here it is orko from he-man is the greatest cartoon character to ever appear on television ever put that in your pipe that was from keith going in for surgery on his elbow um Texas, uh, Lori D., uh, Jeffy MRA, my kids ate the last of the cookies Amber made me. <laughs> Amber, my wife, uh, made cookies for uh, the uh, one tour group uh, that went through uh, the museum this weekend. Is that a groundable offense? Hashtag Jeffy's parenting advice. Put that in your pipe. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. And uh, I, uh, I, I don't know... I could tell you, I'll type you a separate note on what the punishment should be. I don't want to say it on the air because I, mean, I don't want to be Chris Hardwick. I don't want to be, man, what a bad guy. I can't believe, I, I can't take it. You can't, I mean, it's, it's a bad relationship. I can't, we can't have a bad relationship. We can't have people staring at us. 
we can't have. I I asked you, you know, I asked you last Friday if you wanted to go out. I was hoping maybe you know you rethought your thing. Maybe we could go out again today. No, I can't ask you more than once. If you've already said no, if you've said no once, there's no hard to get. There's no nothing. No, do not do it again. I'm writing you up. You've asked her out three times. That was the Weinstein. Harvey's brother, right? That's what got him into trouble. Because he asked that one, the one girl a bunch of times to go out. Over and over again. She thought that was, you know, harassment. He just wanted to go out on a date. And so the hard to get days are over. Oh, she's playing hard to get. No, not in today's world. She's not my friend. Not in today's world. She's not. Okay. So... Get that, uh, put that in your pipe. So Pat's on vacation, and, uh, you know, we've got a busy schedule for you uh, the next couple of weeks while he's off uh, gallivanting around the globe. Uh, uh, Myself and uh, Sarah Gonzalez, and Sarah Gonzalez and myself will be doing a show. Uh, Jason Buttrell and Sarah Gonzalez will be doing a show. Stu will be doing some shows. Um, A little round robin. Uh, fill-in host for uh, Pat Gray here on the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Television Network, uh, just for your entertainment purposes. Thank you. Thank you. But if anything, we were even tweeting about it, but if anything were possible, they said they brought the footage of the, the cruise party that was up. And this was in the Caribbean, and they were shooting a, a BBC documentary. This is, this, is their, uh, this is their big spray dance bash. Uh, on the on the top, oh man, on the deck, and uh, they talked about uh, people were partying and puking, and there was co- cocaine everywhere, and people was it easier to get drugs than food. I want that to be the Pat Gray Cruise so bad. I want him to come home with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we ordered the we ordered the special, and three bags of blow came, along with some uh, along with some pills. We didn't know what they were, so we just took them. Man, uh, which will never happen in Pat's case ever, ever in life. But it was uh, it's nice to think about, and uh, it wanted to happen really bad. <laughs> so in Toronto, cyclists uh, stage a mass die-in. <sighs> These die-ins are driving me. I, so you know, just as a side note of the cookies uh, that Lori D. mentioned that her children ate and uh, want to know it's a groundable offense, uh, I would say, uh, you know, lashing offense. But uh, I brought them in a Publix bag. When I lived in Florida, I was looking through a bag to bring the cookies in that my wife made, and in the grocery bag section of the grocery bags in my in the in my home, uh, I pull out. There's a Publix one, for sure. I'm taking that. Absolutely, I'm taking that. That's my that's my die-in for Publix right there, man. Putting cookies in it, using it to carry stuff around. David Hogg, I don't give a flying crap about you and your die-in. So I, I carried I carried goods in a Publix bag just for the museum. But the cyclists in Toronto uh, are staging a die-in because they're claiming that the streets of Toronto are 
horrific. Uh, it's hit a fever pitch, according to this story. Uh, cyclists and pedestrian deaths on city streets. Two cyclists were killed Tuesday alone after being struck by vehicles in separate incidents. Uh, they're demanding immediate action. Okay, so what are we supposed to do besides point out, hey, drivers, quit being stupid? Are we supposed to provide bicycle bubbles? I better not let them come up with any ideas because I'm sure that they probably, probably an idea that they want. Bicycle bubbles. No, what's happening is when a bicycle is on the road, then all cars should be off of it. If you, if we want to use a road, then all cars should be off of it. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's warmer this year, and it's really bad to be on the roads. How about don't go on the roads? Oh, Jeff, are you out of your mind? Cyclists uh, get that. Uh, they get the road just as much as you. Uh, drivers doing crazy things. Cyclists and pedestrians ignoring signs and lights and just general disregard for other people. Uh, wait, wait, you mean inside this story they're actually telling me that cyclists and pedestrians, I used to call them pedestrians, ignoring signs and lights and general disregard for other people while commuting. Huh. So it might not be the driver's fault. Last week I got, last week I almost, almost got hit by a car coming up on the curb at full speed at Richmond and Spadina. I love that intersection, by the way. Richmond and Spadina. Oh, man. Beautiful. Then today a guy slowly crossed King against the light and gave the streetcar driver Obviously, these people in Toronto have not been in New York, in New York City, in Manhattan, ever. <laughs> Coming out of the curb, the guy today, a guy slowly crossed King against the light and gave the streetcar driver, uh, gave him the finger. I mean, that's the tech, that's the cabs, that's cabbies, man. Now oh, we're going through. I don't care. Going through. Now it's time. Now, the problems are far from new, but with more attention than ever being paid to the astonishing number of pedestrian and cyclist deaths. Uh, the astonishing number. I, don't, I bet that this story does not have the astonishing number. But do we have the footage of the die-in from these bikes? I love the One of my most favorite things of the die-in is that they're so committed to the die-in in Toronto that they're all lifting their heads up and taking selfies and shooting shots of all the other bicyclists. And it's not even close to being a... a as big as the, they're making it look, not even close. But when you see the, the when you see the footage of the of the bicycle, the bicyclists they're dying. Together we'll lie down with our bicycles in silent protest, and that's exactly what we did. If anyone from City Hall was paying attention, that remains to be seen. So I'm hoping that. Uh, do we have it? Do we not have it? There it is. Yeah, yeah. There they are. There's my favorite bicycles in the whole world. Let's have a die-in. Right downtown. That's beautiful. See, there's not this many. Uh, there's not that many. And I love the, they all, not all. There's a few that are actually committed. There are a few that are committed. I'll give them credit. 
but there's many who are not. And they're right there. There's a couple. They all got their phones up. They're taking pictures. They're committed to the, I'm going to take a picture of me doing this for the cause. That's what they're committed to. But they're not actually committed to the cause of saving lives. So just remember the bicyclists are out there on the road, no matter what country you're in, the U.S. or Canada, no matter what country you're in, they're out there, man. They're on the road, and you need to watch out for them. Pay attention to them. Move over, away from them. Let them keep going. If they want to turn when they want to turn, you let them turn. If they want to uh, take up an entire lane that's a two-lane road and they get one lane, go ahead. They get to do it. If they're bicycling in a crowd of bikes, say 10 or more, and they want to take up more than one lane, you go ahead and let them because they're bicycles. Okay? They're not automobiles. They're bicycles. And they should be able to do what they want. Am I right, bicyclists? Thank you. Now, I know, not do what you want. I get it. You want to follow the rules, too. I understand. I'm not trying to make you out like bad people. You want to follow the rules, too. You have just as much right on the road as the cars. I know. And most places, most municipalities have a a deal that you can't ride on the sidewalks, which makes zero sense. We spent millions of dollars on these sidewalks, widening them. We've spent millions of dollars making them handicapped accessible. So they've got the curved curbs, which is not only handicap accessible, but bicycle accessible. Do you remember do you remember when you were a kid? Not me, when you were a kid. And you were riding your bike and before the before the uh, the rounded curbs. And you had to ride on sidewalks, and you'd cross the street, and you, the whole point was to bounce off that curb on this side and then time it right to pop up on the curb on the other side and run in front of cars and try not to just get try just get missed. No, you never, you never tried to run in front of cars? Huh. Huh. Must have been just me. Anyway, the uh, – uh, oh, wait a minute. It wasn't me. I'm, this story does not concern me. And uh, those days are long gone. Long gone. Every city in America has spent millions on infrastructure, millions on widening sidewalks in neighborhoods, millions on, on rounding the curbs at the corners, and yet bicycles have to ride in the road because they have just as much right to the road as the car. And I agree with that 100%. I love bicycles. I mean, I would, don't, if I'm sounding like I don't like bicycles, nothing could be farther from the truth. Okay? If they, you want to ride in packs of hundreds, hordes of bikes, and block all lanes of highway. In fact, if, there, if you want to feel like from time to time you want to go up on the interstate, on the express resident, take the express lane, take the toll roads, I think that's okay too. Why? Because you're bicyclists. You're better than the rest of us. No, I'm going to stop right there. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. i got to take a break because I'm going to say something that I, I shouldn't. We're just going to go ahead and move on. Pat Gray Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here. On the road with the wave of Beto O'Rourke. On the road with Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat racing to unseat Ted Cruz. Here's what I learned about Beto O'Rourke's Senate campaign after a nine-town, 653-mile sprint through the rural and highly conservative Texas panhandle. That's remarkable in both style and substance, reaching a diverse group of people in far corners of the state. I wonder who this person wants to win. Huh. This person doesn't like Ted Cruz. Is it, is it possible that Charlie Gross... Is it possible that Charlie Gross writing for Esquire wants Beto O'Rourke? Is it? Is it possible that Charlie Gross lives in my neighborhood and is the only house with the Beto O'Rourke sign? Or lives in this neck of the woods and has the Beto O'Rourke bumper sticker on his car? Is that possible? I don't know. But he goes on this huge tour. Uh, and they go all over. I mean, he is going everywhere. I'll give him that. He's doing what uh, he's doing. What candidates should do: go out and meet and greet the people, and that's what he's doing. No question. And good for him. Uh, I find it he will not meet Ted Cruz. You can take that. I don't care how many articles Esquire writes. I don't care how many. Uh, Kyleen Councilwoman Shirley Fleming quotes uh, they have. Uh, he will not beat Ted Cruz. All right. Ted Cruz is the man in Texas right now. He will not beat him. Once you, he has his seat as the sen- sitting U.S. Senator. Now, I grant you that he lost a little ground running for president, which is so strange. It's the strangest thing to me because you usually gained a little ground running for president. And I know that we've talked about this before. Um, I don't know that, that I don't know that you and I have, but it, it just everyone that ran for president uh, with the there and then there may be an exception, maybe. but everyone that ran for this last presidential run has been thrown into the Donald Trump meat grinder. And spit back out, and I don't know that you put it back together again. You can. I mean, that's why I think Ted Cruz is just—he's he, not going anywhere as Senate. Um, Marco Rubio's not going anywhere as senator. He can stay there forever. Uh, Jeb Bush can go back to uh, the island in Miami and pretend he's an attorney. The Bush money. Uh, what's his face from Kentucky? Rand Paul can stay as a senator forever. I mean, these guys are ruined, destroyed by Donald Trump, destroyed. And I, it's so, I mean, Trump, it, the, he just chewed him up and spit him out. So that still hurts these guys, and especially Ted Cruz. I mean, Ted Cruz got it the worst, really. I mean, his father was brought into the picture, right? The father, the wife, the cheating, and the whole thing, the bad, all bad. And then, you know, you talk to, oh, that was just campaigning. Was it? Was it just campaigning? Okay, thank you. Thank you. But he's not going to lose. Beto is not going to lose to Ted Cruz in Texas. I'm sorry. Not this time around. Ted hasn't done anything wrong. In fact, 
We have some some pictures of the uh, of the Ted Cruz Jimmy Kimmel uh, basketball match, and uh, the uh, two white guys destroying what basketball really is. Uh, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, just it's a joke. It's, it's so bad because I mean they did Kimmel did apologize to the game of basketball, which is well worth. I mean, he should have, but. Uh, they were playing for, uh, I think, you know, five, they each put up five grand and it was going to a charity and it was all for fun and, and it was ha ha ha. And they said in the story that, uh, uh, there were plenty of Beto O'Rourke fans in the crowd. Really? Were there? Were there? I mean, it was in Houston, Ted's home. There's no, no way. I mean, unless Beto's manager was out front passing out t-shirts at the beginning saying what is that what is that what is that what is that and people didn't know what they were putting on it's possible possible i remember getting in trouble once as a radio station we were a brand new radio station and we went to uh we had uh, refrigerator magnets with our new radio station and logo on it and we went to a big event uh put on by the other station the other competitive station and we stood out front passing out our magnets and they were so pissed they were so mad we ended up we ended, i mean it was they were so <laughs> we did eventually stop passing out our magnets i'll just we'll leave it at that but they were not happy at all and so I could see, you know, someone from Beto doing that at this event, passing out something from Beto. And he should have. It would have been smart. But to see that uh, Ted Cruz winning, Jimmy Kimmel loses to Ted Cruz, oh, I'm still going to beat him up and make jokes. That's what I do is, well, Jimmy, first of all, go ahead and do it. But you lost to Ted Cruz in basketball. You lost to Ted Cruz in basketball. Uh, shut up. Okay? Sad. Sad, Jimmy. Sad. Now, we talked a little bit about yesterday being uh, Father's Day, and, uh, you know, I hope everyone had a great Father's Day. And those of you that celebrated it here at the Mercury Museum here in Texas, uh, good for you. You did the right thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you may, if you were here, you may have missed some tweets, Father's Day tweets, that made the rounds uh, throughout, uh, you know, throughout the, the, the Twitter sphere. Now, my favorite is this one. In our hearts and minds today, all of the fathers and parents who have been separated from their children at borders keep families together. Hashtag Father's Day. Art, repeal, hide, art project. Uh, That was tweeted by Planned Parenthood. Dear Planned Parenthood, you don't get to tweet about Father's Day. (laughs) You don't. It doesn't work that way. Are you kidding me? Is it a joke? Am I trying to, are you trying to say, hey, Man, we are we really don't know the ground we live on, so we're gonna tell everybody to we really are a family planning organization. It's important to us. 
you know, the planned parenthood. We help plan families. We bring families together. Do you? Do you? Because my answer to that is, uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. But, hey, you keep it up. You keep trying. You keep trying to convince everyone else. Or maybe you're just trying to convince yourself. You know that's probably it. Maybe if you just keep tweeting on Father's Day every year that it's important for children to be with fathers. It's important for mothers to actually have children instead of ripping it out of their stomach and murdering them at any age. You know, that whole little thing you guys are a big part of called abortion. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So you've got to celebrate. You've got to take on like Father's Day and Mother's Day because there's not... National Abortion Day. Right? Maybe there should be. Maybe we ought to just come up with a day, National Abortion Day, and give it to you so that you can party and throw your big bashes and we can have the big Planned Parenthood Abortion Day party. Oh, now we're talking. You know what? We can ride our bikes there. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. This is uh, Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Television Network. Uh, Jeff Fisher filling in. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can uh, use that if you'd like, or you can tweet us at JeffyMRA, at Pat Unleashed, with the hashtag, put that in your pipe. Uh, Scott in PA, uh, you, (laughs) my gosh, have used the alternative of dialing. Uh, What's up? How are you? Hey, Jeff, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and you were talking about the bicycles. Here in Pennsylvania, bicycles have to follow every rule that the automobiles must follow. They're supposed to stop the lights, signal for the turns, everything. The major streets, we have bicycle lanes that have to stay in them lanes. And the smaller streets, of course, they don't have them, but they still are liable to follow the rules. Yeah. But our police department's so busy that they can't enforce that. So they should have like a lower grade of a police officer, some just for the bicycles, because they can be. Are you saying a that a police officer on a bicycle would be a lower grade? I won't no, hear no, of it. No, Scott. no, that's not what I said. Bicycle cops are, have their their thing in the city. We have what they call South Street, which is a real small street, but there's loads of stores. The only right. way they can get around is on a bike. Yeah, well, we see, we right. saw, we saw in the the big deal on the bicycle police in Philadelphia with the Starbucks story, right? I mean, there were That's that was right. the time when we they right. were they were a big part of that. I, I always messed with the officers about that because I said, "What do you do when you're arrested? Tell them get in your basket." You know, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm saying that they should have officers that are just assigned to you know patrol the streets there for bicycles right because uh, none of them follow the well, rules and regulations well scott that i won't hear about it i'm going to hang up on you right now thank you for calling but are you telling me that bicyclists do not follow the rules because i'm not hearing about that all right i love bicycles on the road i want all bicycles on the road i want all of them i think it's okay you know what and so if they break a rule or two so they're bicyclists they deserve to be in clusters and block all lanes of roads 
They deserve to be in. They can block as one or as many lanes as they have to to feel comfortable on their bikes. Okay? And it, pretty much they're supposed to follow the rules everywhere. Right? And if they, and many of these cities have spent millions of building their bike lanes, which slows up traffic, which is agonizing in, in and of itself. Anyway, enough. I don't want to beat up on the bicyclists. I mean, talk my love about bicyclists anymore right now because I love bicyclists. And they, they have a warm place in my heart. All bicyclists do. And I hope, I hope that today I'm able to drive home uh, in traffic and be able to share the road with at least a bunch of 30 or 40 bicyclists that are clogging up two or three lanes of road. Man, do I want that to happen. Oh, please. All right, 888-900-3393, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, Jeff Fisher filling in. And you've got a plethora of uh, guests uh, going to uh, fill in uh, the next couple of weeks. You've got myself, uh, you've got myself and Sarah Gonzalez. You've got Stuber Gear. You've got uh, uh, Jason Buttrell and Sarah Gonzalez. And uh, Jason, of course, uh, you know, missed our little Talking Walking Dead segment earlier on the broadcast. But he did, uh, does have the opportunity. And I know, look, I know he's busy. I get it. But uh, he's able to join us now, and uh, I did want to talk to him about the IG report. But uh, wait, I, I can first we, and foremost, I gave you a little. I even gave you love about your <laughs> stupid Bible. Oh, you told that I story. I told the Bible story. I told, I gave you love about that again. Dope story, though. By the way, though. Huh? Well, if you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you wanted to say something before we get started? No, I was just. I heard you going off on bicycles. I was just curious when oh, the no, last no. time you actually rode a bicycle was. I'm a that's what time. I would. That's what I. The you only thing I, with the fat joke? couldn't get that out of my head. I'm sorry. That's the only thing I was thinking about. I love. Bicycles. I couldn't pay attention to the caller because that's was I was just thinking about. I wonder when the last time Jeffy actually rode a friggin' bicycle. <laughs> Well, one that moves, you mean? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, one that goes places. Just, <laughs> <laughs> what about, I mean, does it count if it has an engine? No, no, non-motorized. Oh, yeah, ooh, yeah. that's a... Hey. So I'm, 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 I'm building a case actually, of bias here. Actually, that's what's happening right now. Actually, the last time I rode a bicycle was in this in stage 19. And it's on film somewhere in this stupid network of me crashing. Because <laughs> okay. I, I was on this little bike. Stu and I were... Was it Stu and I or Pat? I think it was Pat and I were racing them, and I had and I had this little this little kid bike, and we were going around. We came back around to uh, to do the race, and uh, I didn't realize I had. I was thinking that it didn't have it had handle brakes, but it had pedal brakes, and so when I pushed my foot back, it the bike broke, it just stopped. So I flipped forward on, okay. on the stage. Yeah, that's the last time. That's the last time. This is going towards my case, though, that you are biased it in is. this argument <laughs> on both ends. It is absolutely your case. <laughs> We're done. No further questions. <laughs> We're done. Objection. Objection. So one of the reasons that I did want to talk to you seriously is, is about the IG's report. And I know that you were you were uh, intimate with it and Ugh. have been intimate with it, the Ugh. 500 and almost 600-page report. And I... For the life of me, cannot find a reason to care about it. Really, I want to re. I want. I, I like. I kind of like. You know, five thirty eight did a. Hey, here's the whole report in nine hundred words, uh, which means that you know maybe they read it all. I don't know. Maybe they got halfway and said, "Nope, we're just gonna, we'll just call it this." 
Uh, I mean, I know, I trust you that you read it, but I can't bring myself to care because nothing came of it. There was nothing to it. What has happened since? Nothing. So I think the, the, the language in the report was interesting on multiple different levels. So first, just to get this out of the way, the, if you thought that James Comey had a reputation before this report, it is gone the moment they released this thing. Well, I mean, his I reputation like that. is destroyed. That kind of makes me happy. I mean, did you the language they used for, for him? Like, I, I can't remember off the top of my head the specifics, but they they called him um, uh, engaged in ad hoc decision making. Right. You know, uh, yeah. irresponsible, usurped the power of uh, the Department of Justice. But I mean, again, is that, boom, is, boom. Is that something that's illegal? Um, uh, no, just goes against procedure. Okay, right. All right. So I mean, right. he looks bad, and and you know he deserves to look bad. He's a, he he never came across to me as this guy that we were that we would like, but that's right. just me. But, 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 but nothing illegal. No, no, nothing illegal. But like everyone destroyed uh, President Trump for firing him. You know, for everyone was like, oh, you know, this is a, you know, this is the night of the long night. Yeah, that was and all after this stuff. they. Like, that was after they spent the year before telling him that he should be fired. Right. It, well, yeah. True. Granted. But now, if if you were still on the in the side of he should never have been fired, never been fired, you can't make that argument today. You right. really can't because anyone in their right mind. Let's just say that um, Comey still had his job right. up until the moment where this IG report came out. He would have been fired the next morning. The ne- the next morning he would have been fired. And they they could have not been, have justified him keeping that job. Well, and then they would have been pissed. And he, why did he have the job so long? There's no, yeah, yeah there was no winning. Right. But this, what came out here, this is what was most interesting is ever, and the media really jumped on this, especially the mainstream CNNs, all those, but they instantly caught on the one little phrase that said, we found no evidence of political bias influencing this investigation. This investigation uh, is in you're referring to mid-year exam, which was their codename for the Hillary Clinton email investigation. Okay. They couldn't find any evidence of that. Now they stuck, they you know pulled that out and hung on it and was like, see, this is this is what we said, you right. know, every, every, no bias, all, no bias. That's right, no bias, all in good faith. But why did he spend the inspector general six hundred pages after that going through all the different details? <laughs> because what he was saying was, it wasn't that they didn't find bias. They spent six hundred pages showing you bias. If you read through it, and in fact, you don't even have to do that. You can read through the first thirty pages. Which do that. Everyone listening right now, read through that at some point tonight or over the weekend or whatever. The first thirty pages show you all the bias. That's just the executive summary of the report. Okay. They go into the specifics later, but they show you all the different counts of bias. Now, what he says is, and the inspector general is, is completely he's biased on this. But what he's saying is like, I, it's not my job to say whether or you know I, I can't prove that you know bias influenced. This investigation. That's incredibly hard to prove. Right. I can just show you examples when bias showed up, but it's incredibly hard to prove if bias influenced the election. Or, I'm sorry, the investigation. But he does go through some, to- some points where he, I, you can tell he wants you to read between the lines. Now, there was uh, one case. This is just, let me put this out here. I'll give you two cases. One case was all that uh, talk about all the text messages, the instant messaging with, between the That FBI drives me insane. With, the, with the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Struck. Struck, yes. I keep one of case struck, and I know that's not right. Struck. The um, I always thought, look, okay, so we hadn't started. And I know you and I even kind of talked about this, and I, I don't know that anybody else has talked about it uh, this way, but I always kind of found it like, I, I don't know that I buy it that he was being serious that he could actually affect the election. 
Right. It was he was trying to have a relationship with a girl, saying everything's going to be fine. Who was clearly See you a, in room two hundred two. Right. Right. She was clearly a Hillary supporter. And in right. many of his cases, he was like, hey, congratulations, first one right. president. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of it. You know that. And then in her mind, she's like, he knows better. You can't be taking care of that. You right. know? Okay. When she replies, good. Right. Or whatever. I just I don't buy it. I don't know that I believe it. Right. That, that was like when you were in high school and you told your girlfriend that I could pass for way more yards than John Elway. <laughs> Easy. I could ride a bike. Oh, I could have made the NFL. <laughs> yeah, sure, honey. Right. We, we know. Yeah, sure. Of course. Of course you could. That's what it felt like. Right. You're right. But there is a very specific case that the IG points out where he actually says that he thinks that bias did play a role. And he sets up his next report. His next report is going to be about the Russia investigation. But in this one case, this is where um, Anthony Weiner's laptop came out. And uh, listen to this timeline. And I had all the copies of from the emails yeah, on his email. Right, 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 right. So Strzok was the lead uh, lead FBI agent that was investigating that. Okay. Um, but he was based in D.C. Now, there was another. Uh, so when when they first came out and <clears throat> found this uh, uh, laptop. The, yeah, they found uh, Weiner's laptop with, uh, with the wife's emails on it. And hey, look what we've got. It was supposed, it was, we hope, it was supposed to be a bombshell, right? And, and there was like around 400,000 uh, Hillary Clinton emails <laughs> in that. that thing. Think of that. They said it encompassed wow. her entire tenure as Secretary of State wow. on this, web, on, on this uh, laptop. So uh, that was around September 26th, around-ish, something like that. Okay. Late September when they found that. So the guy that was ahead of, head of the uh, field office there in New York was like, hey, guys, over in D.C., you know, main, you know, Comey, everybody, we found a ton of we stuff. Left up. Yeah, you, I, we know you already absolved her and closed this investigation. But, or no, they hadn't, they hadn't done that yet. They hadn't uh, closed the investigation yet. But they, this was before that. But they said, we have a ton of, of, of uh, emails here that could you know, add into mid-year exam and in your investigation of Clinton. Well, Strzok was quoted as saying in his deposition that it was interesting to him. And he immediately went for a, tele, a video conference uh, to discuss what was going on. Nice. Uh, so he's on it. And he, he was on it. But he didn't send a team over there to actually get the laptop and look, and look through it, either look through it or get it and bring it back to D.C. He didn't do that. They then proceeded to sit on it because they were prioritizing the Russia investigation over the Hillary Clinton investigation. He just didn't go. The laptop sits there in New York for another month. A full month goes by. And the, the field office in, in uh, New York uh, had to actually call, uh, I think it was McCabe or Comey, and say, hey, we still have this. No one's looked at it. Are you guys going to look at it? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I got to sit down here in my bottom drawer. Right. Then all of a sudden, Comey was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Then he uh, called for it to be brought over to look at it. And then he did his infamous letter where he said, we are reopening the, uh, the investigation. Because right, we've got these emails. Now, the inspector general in this report said it appears uh, it's, it's, it's apparent that some kind of bias led them to uh, prioritize the Russia investigation over the Clinton investigation. Specifically to Struck and specifically to the text and stuff that he that he was. Right. So anyway, it, it went in to say, look, we are going to look into this further. Meaning there is a right now there is another investigation the IG is doing to specifically look at those texts and the, all the the uh, the behavior that Struck did as a part of that investigation. That seems, yeah, that seems uh, the text to the girlfriend and stuff. I'm you know whatever. I really I don't I don't think he meant any of that, and I don't think there was any way that he could ever do anything other than. In the end, when something comes in front of him, like the computer, right? Right. And that was way after his wanting to be with the girl in room 202. Right. <laughs> way after that.
I've got, I've got. Do we have an, a, a time for another yeah, example? Yeah. So this is another thing that this this pissed me off maybe even more. So the the lead Can't agent come on time. You might as well go ahead and take fill up the time. <laughs> the lead agent that was questioning Hillary Clinton at her deposition. The lead the, the lead agent. Okay. He's named. He's listed as agent number one in the IG report. So he was one of the five FBI agents that was caught on their little either through text messages or through instant messaging as making biased statements in some of these uh, communications. Okay. He was one of them. One of the th- some and of he's the one in in front of Hillary now. He's the one in front of Hillary. <laughs> of course. He's the one. So look, and put this put this in context. Comey said that they had already determined whether she was guilty or not. They had already determined that they weren't going to push ahead, but they said, "You know what? Let's do this interview. If we catch her in a lie or being deceptive at all, then we're going to we'll waver it. a bit that she didn't have intent." Which that was their whole thing reason right, for absolving her right was the intent. Was no intent. Exactly. Which was stupid anyway. Intent. Give me a break. Oops, I didn't intend to speed, right. officer. So I'm, I'm, you I, know, didn't, I'm, I didn't mean to run over that kid when I was drunk. Sorry. Right, so all good, right? But So that's the stupidest I've ever heard of defense ever for that. But anyway, so they, they were like, but it's all off if we catch her in a lie. Well, agent number one, who is one of these biased guys... Asked her the question. He he slid an email to her after they said, "Did you you know know that there was classification that these were classified?" And on this thing, there was a little C in parentheses. Now that stands for confidential. If you've ever ha- handled uh, classified documents before, you know that that's classified. Of course you do. You know she's ha- handled classified information have, you, you, since you the nineties. You don't 90s. have to ever have handled one before, and you'd see that and go, "You'd still know, right? You'd still Does know." That mean this is confidential. Or? But she's been around this stuff since the 90s. She knows exactly what oh that was. Oh, my gosh. She's been involved even before then. So her answer, right? This is so comical. She looks at it, and she goes, oh, yeah, I thought that meant that um, uh, like the, 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 the paragraphs were in alphabetical order, <laughs> and the C was just A, B, C of the paragraphs. Not to mention that none of the other paragraphs had an A or B. You know what I mean? But she was like, oh, I thought that was just alphabetical. Uh, what did you have the page B? So Agent 1 actually laughed. And said, I filed that into the bank, my memory banks of being hard to impossible to believe. No. Quote unquote. So, in other words, she's lying out of her rear end. They knew they caught her in a lie, which destroyed the intent narrative. But guess what? They never talked about it. They let her go. So, again, these are some of the things in the IG report where they were like, look, there's bias here. Can I prove that the, 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 the bias influence there? I can't prove it, but read between the lines and see for yourself. But we know that you accidentally forgot to bring it up or just left it alone. Just left it alone. Just, just amazing. It's unbelievable. There, there is, I think there's two separate IG investigations going on right now. So we'll see more of these reports come out. One of them had Never to do with ending. leaks because they identified so many leakers in this that they had to say, okay, fine, this, this warrants a way bigger investigation. So they found so many different leakers out from all different levels of the FBI and they said that many of these, uh, you, know, you, remember when, you remember leaks were coming oh out? Oh my gosh, forever. Like It was like almost one a day yeah. right after the inauguration. It was insane. So they found so many leakers. They also found that some of these FBI agents had personal relationships with reporters. They yeah, also well, I, I mean, I did, a, I did a story uh, today about the, the uh, uh, stenographer. She's got a new book coming out in July, and she's telling them, she's talking about how great it was to work under Obama and work under this. But she had an affair with one of the White House staffers. They're just, oh, she said they went, they'd go on the road, and she just, I would just leave the door open and wait for them. Oh my gosh, We're, we haven't even, we haven't seen that. Some of these stories that are about to come out are probably going to make that look tame. 
because there was this one. There was they said that they identified uh, that these agents were caught get, receiving gifts. So they were. I think they 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 named uh, expensive golf outings, uh, uh, non-public social events. They were giving them to true. Um, like high dollar dinners and stuff. By the like way, that. Uh, once these guys can't accept it anymore, I can. So if there's high dollar yeah. golf outings or <laughs> dinners or meals, uh, just send it to me. Don't just leave it out there. You know, no, like, my gosh, don't. They, you That's... need to use them, <laughs> but you need to give them to me. <laughs> So, so bad. So it's like I that's what so that was what really struck me as reading through this. It was like we haven't seen the end of this. He made a very good case. There was bias. There was bias. We can't prove it. And this was just the opening. Wait until you see the Russia investigation IG report. This is going to blow you away. I cannot if this was 600 pages, this next one, the Russia investigation IG report is probably going to be 1200 pages. <laughs> Easy. And yes, I'll have to read it, of right. course. Of course. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, that's... Man, I wish I could help. Oh, but, yeah, fine. Take you up on that. I wish Done I deal. could read parts of that for you. We'll go halvesies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have we have that. We have the Russian report, and then we have the leaker report. Leaker report. Those so two. we have... And there's more, multiple leaker reports? I, I think it's just going to be one all-encompassing okay. one, I think. So, I mean, so for sure we have at least two coming out that will prove how good the Obama administration really was. And if you think about it, it's gonna we're not gonna see these for a while. It took eighteen months for them to compile everything they compiled and re- deliver this report last week. For six hundred pages. For, for, for five hundred and thirty eight pages. Right. For, but that was for the Hillary Clinton investigation. Now for the Russian investigation, can you imagine right. how long that's gonna take? I mean and and uh, Mueller, is he still working? I, is he still on it? Apparently are we still paying him? I mean I, I that guess. is agonizing. What is that dollar? We've already well for sure. The last report was sixteen million, oh and, my and they had originally said ten, right? And the, so it's been over a year, or it was just a year, and he'd already gone over the ten to six. And if, so, I mean, we've got to be at least to twenty, or you know, let's say eighteen tops. You know, low point. Uh, let's pull the plug. And I, we haven't really, we've seen some indictments handed down. Nothing with, nothing important. But nothing, yeah, like Paul Manafort, like, I'm sorry, but if you didn't know that Paul Manafort would be guilty over something, then, I mean, come on. Well, seriously. Yeah, no, they didn't, need a, they didn't need a separate $16 million investigation to guess that Manafort took some money from, uh, from the Russians. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, that's what he, that's what he did. And that, that, that's what their that's what their bureau does. I mean, can you imagine if they did a, a special uh, investigation for all of the crazy, dirty lobbying coming out of Washington D.C.? They're probably talk about draining the swamp. That's what needs to happen. That would get every lobby agency in D.C. would be gone because I guarantee you they're into some stuff like that. Let's think about that for just a second. Hold on, I want to think about every lobbying agency draining, actually draining the swamp for just a second. Thanks for stopping, Jason. I appreciate it. I don't know that you won me over. Actually, you did win me over on caring about the right. You did. You did. And I cannot wait until you have to read the Russian one. Uh. <laughs> Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat 
Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can tweet us at JeffyMRA, at Pat Unleashed. Hashtag put that in your pipe. Uh, one tweet we uh, got in from uh, Murda on the Beat. Uh, refrigerator magnets promoting uh, at Jeffy MRE's show for some reason. That just seems so fitting. Well, um, to be clear, Murda, uh, it was refrigerator bags promoting the new station. If you remember the story, I didn't say my fictional show, so ha ha ha. But I got your point, Murda, on the beat. Uh, at Jason Patrell, please, please, please don't reference Hillary's rear end for any reason ever. The mere flash of a thought even about her lying is nauseating. There's no question about that. Uh, it doesn't matter. She lies about everything. She's lied about everything for years. Uh, it just... And, you know, again, we went through it. He just overlooks it, right? I mean, he just... Uh, just, just you know, yeah, yeah, we caught her in a lie. Just let her go. I'm not going to mention that to anybody. Oh. Oh, okay. Sure. And uh, one last tweet. Uh, yeah, uh, at Jason Majel, I'll spend a perfect summer whether we can hold up reading government corruption reports. Sure, that's exactly what you should be doing. If you were a concerned citizen, if you were a person caring about this country, you would. I'm not holding up reading that thing either, but somebody should, and it should be Jason. He's already going to do it. We just let him do it. Why do I have to help? Right? I mean, right? Right. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can uh, you know, at, tweet us, of course, at Jeffy MRA or at Pat Unleashed. Uh, coming up uh, after this show, you've got uh, a little bit of replay, the Glenn Beck program. The Stuber Gear filling in for uh, Glenn, who uh, was uh, ill with museum disease. And then uh, Buck Sexton uh, coming up uh, this afternoon, like every afternoon and evening, on the Blaze Radio Network, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Premier Radio Networks with the Buck Sexton Show. Man, this network gives, 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 gives. And do we ever hear a thank you? Well, actually, we do. So, you're welcome. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can tweet us uh, at JeffyMRA at Pat Unleashed. The hashtag put that in your pipe. Um, one of the things that I find interesting on my sheet of, of videos and thoughts that we have in the broadcast today. This one uh, intrigues me because I don't know this one, and I'm going to have to. Um, let's watch it together, shall we? Uh, Uber driver kicks out lesbian couple is the headline. A New York Uber driver tells a lesbian couple to leave his car for disrespectfully kissing. They film him and say they'll get him fired. <laughs> 
want to see what uh, who, what's considered disrespectful kissing, though. That's fascinating to me. See, then I would turn my head like this, and that's when the video will start. Watch. Is there an issue? What's the issue? I said you first time, but don't do it. You do, so you is do it illegal for an Uber? It is illegal. Kissing is not illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. No, it's not. You don't do that here in the car. What are you? Anyone can kiss in Uber. Of course, it's you are sick. You're allowed to do this. I've never seen the full context. No, 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 Sir, why are we not allowed to kiss in an Uber? You're not allowed. Why are we not allowed? It's disrespectful. What's disrespectful? What's disrespectful? To who? Is it to you? Policy? I don't want to argue with you. Just. Just you get just out of my car. Just get out of my car. Uh, no, no, no. I want to understand. What did we do wrong? Nothing is illegal. We're not. It's not illegal to kiss in New York. Don't, don't, get don't, off don't of her phone. phone. Don't, don't touch don't her. Do don't do it. Don't, don't take it. Don't take it. Oh no, we're taking a video of you. I'm reporting you. You're gonna get fired. I'm gonna get you fired. Out of my car. No, no, no. We can't call the cops. I'm gonna call. I want to. No, no. We'll report him to Uber. It's okay. No, I want to call. I'm a. I'm a son. We'll report you. Wow. Well, once again, like I said, we don't get the full context again. It's all of the video has started at over when the main thing that happened or supposed to have happened happened. So we only get the tail end of that. Um, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Two, uh, two people on the minority list fighting each other. Who wins that? Who wins it? I think I know who uh, who I think wins, and it's not the lesbians. <laughs> uh, good luck with Uber. Um, Uber will say that they the drivers have a right to uh, get rid of the, any customers they want. I, I don't know what the Uber rules say. This uh, I'll, I'll, tomorrow we'll discuss Uber rules. I want to know that. Keep this video for tomorrow. I'll find out what the actual Uber rules are can't be i mean i know they're trying to be uh all netflixy now because uh, the head of uber was busy being disrespectful to a bunch of people so now he's you know they've got to go through all kinds of uh training to make sure that when people say no they mean no and you take them for their word no and don't stare at people for longer than five seconds and if people if people feel the need that you're doing something that is disrespectful, they can, well, they can just turn and say, stop doing what you're doing, which would be great. I mean, it's such a good thing at work. I mean, I I want to hear that at work. I hope they do it like when customers are at the counter or somebody stops in and you have a business appointment waiting in the lobby. Yes, sir. Mr. Johnson will be with you. Stop doing what you're doing. Mr. Johnson will be with you in a moment. It'll be great. It'll be a good thing. Good times. Good times is what I'm talking about when you get hollered at like that. Huh? So a new study, a new study, people over 40, which, you know, I mean, some of us are almost there. Uh, people over 40 should only work three days a week. Hmm. The findings, a study done by the Melbourne Institute Worker Paper, and who doesn't subscribe to the Melbourne Institute 
work her paper, showed that most people older than 40 are productive when they work only three days a week. Hmm. Now, this might also indicate that the efficiency and productivity of people reduce over the years. The aim of researchers was to analyze the cognitive abilities of workers over 40. The study involved 3,000 men, volunteers, and 3,500 women, volunteers, and experts analyzed their memory. Data used for the study was drawn from the household income and labor dynamics in Australia survey conducted by the Melbourne Institute of Applied Economics and Social Research at the University of Melbourne. Duh. I mean, I don't know why I have to, t- I don't know why I have to tell you that. Data used for the study was drawn from the household income and labor dynamics in Australia survey conducted by the Melbourne Institute of Applied Economics and Social Research at the University of Melbourne. I don't know why I have to tell you that, but was. Researchers analyzed the family, structures, employment, economic, and subjective well-being of participants. They were used to recite lists of numbers backwards, read words aloud, and to match letters and numbers under time and pressure. Oh, please. I'm feeling that in a heartbeat. Nobody could do that. That's impossible. (laughs) That's impossible. Read. Stop. Match letters. No, I can't. Do match them. The results show that the ones that work 25 hours a week got the best scores on the test. Well, good for them. I love that. Now, there, of course, now you think to yourself, well, then it's a done deal, right? Done deal. We're good. We're done. We don't have to worry about it. It's over. Yeah. No. Sorry. Um, The research looks only at over 40s and so cannot make the claim that over 40s are different from any other workers. Oh, man. What the authors find is that cognitive functioning improves up to a point at which workers work 25 hours a week and declines thereafter. At first, the decline is very marginal, and then there's not much of an effect as working hours rise to 35 hours per week. Beyond 40, the decline is much more rapid. What that really means is, we figured out a way to keep the money coming in. First, we'll test just over 40s. We won't be able to have anything decisive, so we'll get some more money to do under 40s. Then we'll get some more money because we'll need to do a test with them all together. The under and the overs. We're going to keep this study going for millions of dollars for the next 10 years. Agonizing. I love study money. I love them. Good for them. God bless the study money people, man. When you find a, if you find a niche to get study money, go for it. And they obviously have. I mean, I love it. They, they've made such a big deal about studying these people and seeing if the cognitive skills and maintenance and memory goes downhill all the time knowing in the end, we're going to tell them we just tested over 40. So we can't really be sure it's for everybody. They'll have to give us more money for more study, and they will. Guaranteed. But until that time, we can tell you that over 40, going to be the most productive three days a week. Three days a week. Now, I will say that that's also, uh, you know, it goes into uh, how many hours that they worked and, uh, you know, when they start getting into hours versus days. So, you know, like if you work three days a week, 10 hours a day, you get your 30 hours in. Or three days a week, 40 hours. Um, 
you, you know, that, now you're starting to get into, you know, what is worth productivity and what is not. You know, look, if you're putting in 12 hours a day, say you're putting in 12 hours a day, and I'm guessing probably somewhere in the middle and a few toward the end are not going to be the most productive because you're like, ah. But you're still somewhat productive and still worthy. It's just, it's a weird thing. I, it, no one, yeah, that's great. And I don't know what this is leading up to. You know, you, they say that uh, the over 40s um, work is better at three days a week. But does that mean, hey, your work is better at three days a week, so we're going to pay you what we normally paid you for the five, but we only want you to work the three, and we'll bring somebody else in to work the other three. Good luck. Because I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening at all. And I think what's happening is that, um, yeah, we can have a robot do it for five weeks for seven days a week that will never slow down. So why don't you guys just go home? That's probably what's going to happen. And that's sad but true. I mean, we can. I'll do a. I'll do a big. I'll do a big segment. Um, uh, tomorrow I'm doing the show with Sarah Gonzalez, and then Wednesday uh, I'm doing the show again. I'll, I'll do a, a robot hour, and we can talk about um, what how, what how the robots are uh, progressing because they are really really progressing. I also want to do another trucker uh, show. Uh, it's been quite a while since the holidays since I've talked to truckers, and I noticed some stories uh, on uh, the new system. And how it's progressing across America. And I've had a couple of truckers email me in the past few months uh, talking about it. And I'll, I'll print those out and we'll discuss that. I'd like that. So if you're on the road uh, on Wednesday, uh, clean out the air horn, man. I want to hear it. All right. Let's go. I want to talk to you. I want to see how it's going out there. Because, uh, and I was thinking specifically about you truckers uh, yesterday uh, as I was uh, driving here to the Mercury Museum. And I was on, uh, and it's funny, I was thinking about you truckers instead of a bicyclist because I was on uh, the interstate and uh, it's uh, where I, where the particular interstate I was at was, uh, is three lanes, you know, well, four, if you count the on-ramp, five, if you count the service road, but three main traffic roads. And uh, all three of those were, uh, you know, blocked by semis. And I thought to myself, man, that's just what I want. I, that's what I want on the interstate is to be able to. Not get around three trucks. And I thought, I need to have a trucker day. I need to talk to truckers to get me back in the mood to liking truckers again. I need that. And we've got so much construction going on in several different uh, locations around uh, DFW. And this happens all over America. It's not just specific to DFW. Although now, for some reason, we've moved into the phase of the construction area where they need rocks. And they're digging up dirt. And so not only do we have the uh, semi-tractor trailers on the road delivering goods and and delivering whatever they deliver, which is fine. I'm happy to have them on the road doing it. We also have rock haulers spewing up rocks and cracking windows, tipping over and keeping traffic down. So it brought me to think of truckers. It brought me to you. And I want to I want to talk to you, and I really do want to talk to you to see how the new program is going and how it's progressing, and if anything needs to happen, and what is going on as far as uh, your jobs 
and the tariffs and how that's affecting you on the roads, if it is affecting you yet, or do you see it coming? Because uh, I, I got to tell you, looking at uh, these uh, the tariff wars that are happening, I don't think that's a good thing. That's just between me and you. I know. I know. Look, you're not going to hear that everywhere. But between you and me, I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, it seems a little, a little wonky is the word I'm thinking of. And I know it's a surprise coming from this administration that something would be wonky, but uh, that most definitely does. And I look, I'm Trump's been doing fine, ex- except for the tariff thing, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm tired of him getting beat up for every damn thing. Uh, I mean, oh, my favorite. We do we still do we we have? I gotta show you my favorite post from the weekend. All right, so if you follow me on. Instagram at Jeffy MRA or I, I, actually my Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, Twitter is Jeffy MRA. Uh, there's been times when I have taken pictures of clouds, and you know, like I, there's a big section of clouds that look like uh, look like whales in the ocean. You know, so you, you see it. Everyone sees. Hey, that looks like a turtle. You're a little kid looking. Oh, look, that looks just like a duck. No, it doesn't, honey. But yes, it does. Yes, it does. Looks just like a duck. <laughs> Let's go inside. But um, so this weekend, a guy uh, posted a picture of uh, clouds in his area that was Donald Trump. And you look at it, you go, that's it. I look tremendous. Look at that. That's a tremendous Donald Trump cloud structure. Come on. Tell me that doesn't look like Donald Trump. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. Just tell me. Tell me that doesn't look like Donald Trump. Tell me. You know, you won't. You can't. You can't. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. returns well i mean jeff fisher returns i mean pretending to be pat gray today as pat uh, started his uh, his little vacation he did uh, make the rounds in the museum uh, this weekend on friday uh we walked around met some people and looked at some pieces and uh, had a little bit of fun at the museum uh before he embarked on his global tour in a cruise ship ready to party i mean when you think of partying do you think of pat gray you think of pat gray and when you think of partying on a cruise ship oh my gosh you think of mr and mrs gray mr and mrs pat gray you think of doing shots out of your belly button mr and mrs pat gray you are partying on a cruise ship then baby i tell you would you? I'll stop there, because you're not. Which is why I want it to happen. I want it to happen. I want people taking shots out of belly buttons. I want people pa- having wheelchair races down the hallway, down the ramp, having who can get to the edge fastest and fly over into the ocean. You're talking fun, then. You're talking fun. 
Oh, man, you are talking big fun then. Oh, yes. All right, so I guess we should. Uh, I've got some great stories I can save until Wednesday. We can talk about them now. I, I'm really tired. You know, look. Melania talking about the breaking up of the kids. Laura Bush talking about the breaking up of the kids at the border. I mean, I cannot take it much more. Um, they've sent 2,000 children to these detention centers. Um, it's been going on for years and years and years, and the 2,000 is really a minor number compared to what has what took place in past years. But we'll be up in arms over this for sure. Absolutely, let's do that. And, you know, Melania is speaking out on it. And we heard uh, we heard from uh, Jeff Sessions speaking today, talking about it. Uh, we heard from the Homeland Security Director. Um, you know, let's hear uh, Secretary Nielsen uh, talked about this at a press conference. And I found it fascinating because she turned it around a little bit. And this is what Sessions did today, in fact. And uh, she turned it around a little bit. And this is kind of their new game plan, which I like, and I, I hope it works. We need to be clear. Illegal actions have right, Can we pause that for just a second, please? So we'll get back. We'll get back to Bridget for just a second. Okay. I want to be clear with all these. And I forgot about this. You can start it from the beginning again when, when we get back. And I'll give you a second here because I'm going to kind of beat her up because it drives me insane. Um, you know how uh, some people, I don't know, guys that... Uh, have this show regularly, Pat Gray, uh, gets mad when people call this country a democracy. Uh, that, what she just did there, drives me insane. And I don't, I, I, I can't explain it. I can only say that every time I hear somebody talk about anything illegal and call it illegal, I want to strangle them. It's not illegal. It's illegal. It's not illegal. And it dry. I just, I, I could scream every time I hear it. But I digress. Go ahead, Bridget, Director of Homeland Security. We need to be clear. Illegal actions have and must have consequences. No more free passes. No more get-out-of-jail-free cards. No more lawlessness. Today, huh. DHS is referring those who illegally cross our borders to the Oof, Department of Justice for prosecution. I'm sure you'll hear more about this later from Attorney General Sessions. Yes, yes, we will. And uh, here you go. It's not. Uh, they need to. People need to remember that. How about you don't bring your kids? Good rule of thumb. How about when you want to come to this country, you do it legally and not illegally that's maddening it's just maddening uh how about that there's a good idea right there if you don't want the children to be separated don't bring them (laughs) don't come i did see a report not long ago about uh a, a family that was going to be uh deported and they actually did a fair interview by saying that they did not want to, uh, they were going to leave the kids here, but they didn't want to feel make people feel mad that they were leaving their children here because it was their choice. Because she said, I know that we can take that, I know that we could take them with us. 
we just we want to leave them here in the states. And so, I mean, that I felt like, oh, well, at least, at least there's that. At least you're, you know, you're at least admitting that. And also, just as a side note, um, a little side note to the immigration process: uh, DACA recipients uh, with arrest records. Uh, uh, you know, there's been thousands. What? Uh, yeah, nearly sixty thousand immigrants with arrest records, including ten accused of murder have been allowed to stay in the United States under the Obama-era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. That's it, though. That's it. (laughs) And when I say nearly 60,000, it was only 59,786 recipients. So there's that. Um, There's there's that whole thing. So I I, I got a real problem. Uh, We can't just open the borders. We can't just do it. We just can't do it. So if we have to continue to take heat for arresting, deporting, doing whatever we have to do at our borders to at least slow down the flood of immigrants, then we need to continue to do it. We cannot just open up our borders to anyone and say, yeah, come on in. Come on in. It doesn't matter. Come on. Because then what makes the shining light of the United States great goes out and it's over. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you back here tomorrow with uh, Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, I'm the Pat Gray Unleashed. You know what? Tomorrow, don't you don't say anything to Sarah about this. So this is just between me and you, all right? I'm going to let her. It's going to be. She can take the lead. I'm just going to sit back. Aha! Oh man, I'm going to put a Keith hat on. I'm going to put a Keith hat on and just kind of kick back. And every once in a while, say, "Oh, I don't want to cut you off, but what do you think?" I I think I know I know you do I know you do I know it's okay I do too see you tomorrow 888-900-3393 and of course you can always tweet at Jeffy MRA Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network